This is John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Wanted to say just a quick word to thank everyone who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader. And remind you, you can get a sports-only subscription to Kentucky.com, a digital subscription where you get all of our sports coverage. That's Kentucky basketball with Jerry Tipton, Kentucky football with Josh Moore. You get our my columns, Mark Story's columns. You get Kentucky recruiting, basketball recruiting with Ben Roberts. You get all of our high school coverage with Jared Peck. $30 for the first year for a sports-only subscription to Kentucky.com. Please check that out. Go to Kentucky.com, hit the subscribe button, check out all of our offers. And once again, we thank everyone who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview the Kentucky-Missouri football game, which is Saturday in Columbia. It is a four o'clock start on the SEC Network. Kentucky is two and two, coming off a win over Tennessee. Missouri is one and two. Missouri had last week off. They were supposed to play Vanderbilt, but that game was postponed because of some COVID problems at Vanderbilt. Uh, The Tigers are one and two on the year. And my guest, uh, to give us a Missouri scouting report is Soichi Tirada of the Kansas City Star and giving us our usual Kentucky scouting report talking about the Cats is Josh Moore of the Herald Leader. So first we'll start off with Soichi Tirada of the Kansas City Star and then we'll go to Josh Moore of the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay Soichi how you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, kind of hectic on, on Mizzou's and having his schedule change, and I'm sure Kentucky fans feel the same now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how much of that? Of course, Kentucky Missouri on Saturday uh, was supposed to be the game was supposed to be played next Saturday. Um, uh, moved up in the schedule where Kentucky goes to Missouri. What uh, uh, was that? A how much of a surprise was that to Missouri that they would change the schedule? And right? I know you missed your last game against Vanderbilt was postponed. So you knew that they had to move the schedule around, but were they people surprised when they moved it the way they did? Um, I think they were surprised, but only to an extent, just because of what ha- kind of happened the past few weeks. I mean, you look at Mizzou's schedule, and you know it, it wasn't just the pandemic. They had to move the LSU game from Baton Rouge to Columbia just because of Hurricane Delta and everything. So you, you look at what happened, you look at the LSU game, then Danny was postponed, like you said, and they flip-flopped Florida and Kentucky for Mizzou. So I think there was some surprise, but it was only to the point of, okay, it's just another thing, let's, let's deal with it. And I think that's what uh, Mizzou fans and uh, Coach Eli Drinkwitz kind of went through the past couple of weeks. Had, has Missouri had uh, much COVID uh, up to this point, problems with players missing, that sort of thing? Uh, yes and no. As of right now, uh, you know, obviously that can change based on every test result. But as of right, right now, publicly, uh, it, it's actually zero. And they, they had to deal with a few COVID issues against in the in the LS2 game, which was, you know, 11 days ago now. But they're missing a couple, you know, two of their starting wide receivers and a DP and a couple of depth pieces. But, you know, compared to some teams like Vandy in Florida, uh, you know, it's been relatively good smooth so far which has been nice you mentioned the new coach uh, Eli Drinkwitz how's he doing so far and what, what do the fans think about him yeah, you know, it's, it's it's different just because you have the youngest coach in the SEC by far, by about a decade. So <laughs> he's very energetic. Um, I think 
you know, throughout the offseason, obviously as a first-year head coach, starting up in a pandemic and everything and social justice issues, I, I, you know, fans and, and players have really enjoyed him and his leadership so far. And he essentially he's done pretty much everything off the field great, you know, and that includes recruiting. He, he's been recruiting kind of at, at Mizzou's best level in at least the past handful of years. So between recruiting, you know, the team definitely trusts him. The fans like the energy. And, and if you, you know – there's been some videos of him just being very, you know, uh, just upbeat and energetic and, and happy and everything like that. So between all that and then you look at the LSU one, you know, over the defending national champions and uh, Mizzou fans have had very little to complain about uh, relatively, you know, all things considered during a pandemic. Yeah, you know, talking about his personality, when Mark Stoops was asked Monday about did he know, did he know Coach Drinkwitz, and he said no, not really. But from the time he'd been around him in meetings and stuff, he said he really liked him. He liked his personality, you know. And he said in and and studying them on tape, he said he's a very creative guy offensively. Uh, what what's the Missouri offense? They put up forty five points on Missouri, but I mean on LSU, but LSU's had their defensive problems. What what's the Missouri offense look like so far? Yeah, so it started off with Sean Robinson at quarterback, but obviously the guy you mentioned, Connor Basil, like he threw, you know, more than 400 yards, four touchdowns against LSU in his second career start. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, Mark Stoops, you made a great point in that. It, there's been a lot of just like, it, it's been very creative in the sense that it's aggressive, but it's aggressive not just, you know, going for it on fourth down, but it's aggressive through just motions and, and they attack the boundary a lot horizontally maybe that doesn't work too too well against the battle but it, it worked great against lsu and so there's a lot of creativeness that you see from that offense and it's interesting too just because you know and Drinkwitz has mentioned this a few times but basilac their, their starting quarterback he's actually relatively kind of inexperienced one yes he's a redshirt freshman but he actually played in the wishbone offense in high school. So when you when you're talking about just the nitty gritty stuff of quarterback and and coverages and everything, which I know Kentucky secondary does very well, that's something to keep an eye on. I mean, one Kentucky's had nine interceptions the past two games, but they're going up against a quarterback who maybe hasn't seen something as complex out of that second out of a sec out of, you know out of a secondary he's playing up against. So that's uh something definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, on Saturday. Yeah, who are some other guys on uh, Missouri's offense that we should look out for? Who's played well so far? Yeah, so running back Larry Roundtree, he's a captain and he, he's, um, he's well on his way to number two all-time rushing yards. And he's definitely a guy worth looking at. Um, you know what? It's, it's interesting just because, you know, uh, like I said, in, in the LSU games, they're missing two of their starters. And those are the two graduate transfers seniors who who were supposed to be the guys um and, and they missed the game but mizzou really had a bunch of you know second string wide receivers and pass catchers uh really really shine in that game i mean you had a guy like deontay Boo smith he was actually a walk-on and he caught it you know i think it was six receptions against lsu and now he's listed as a co-starter so it's it, it, it's definitely not guys who are very you know established in the past few years just because mizzou's uh you know they, they graduated a lot especially on that offensive line as well but you know, between guys like, um, you know, Toski Dove and Tyler Beatty and Jalen Knox, those, those are definitely guys uh, maybe Kentucky fans haven't heard too much of, but but they've made some plays. And so uh, obviously the biggest thing is, is repeating what, what they did so well against LSU, and that's kind of the biggest question mark. Like, like I said, you know, I think Mizzou has a lot of respect for that Kentucky defense, especially the secondary. And uh, I think, you know, I wrote about it today at KansasCity.com, but limiting turnovers, you know, easier said than done, but that's been a huge problem for Mizzou. So against the Kentucky defense, that's uh, had no problems forcing turnovers. Uh, that'll be, you know, 
probably the biggest number one thing that uh, Mizzou is focusing on this weekend. Yeah, Kentucky went from uh, famine to feast. They didn't force a turnover their first two games, and now they forced mm-hmm. uh, ten in the last two games, including uh, uh, six, as you mentioned, nine interceptions. Uh, what about defensively for Missouri? I know they have some carryover from the Barry Odom uh, era. What about the Missouri defense? Yeah, uh, like you said, they, they return a lot of starters, and, and it was at, you know, the way the defense is set up, it, it plays in a four-two-five, kind of a three-three-five. Now it, it kind of depends on on the play, but yeah, I mean they they brought it back a lot of talent. You know, Nick Bolton is an All-American, preseason All-American. You know, he's probably going to play in the NFL next year. And Mizzou has one of the top safety tandems in the country in, in Tyree Gillespie and Joshua Bledsoe. And Bledsoe made that fourth down stop on a fourth and one against LSU. So. You know, they're, they're very, you know, um, maybe they're, you know, the biggest question mark right now is really on that defensive line. And it isn't just because of, you know, they were inexperienced or kind of unproven coming in, but, you know, they're, they're really banged up down there right now. Um, against LSU, actually, they, they were missing three of their top four defensive tackles to either COVID or injuries. And, um, one, one of them is back. Akil Byers is back from COVID, but Kobe Whiteside and Darius Robinson, uh, they're both those guys are really important on that D tackle rotation. And uh, now, now they're actually kind of um, banged up a little bit and won't be back until at least in November 7th bye week. So um, I'm really curious to see how the Kentucky running game, obviously Kentucky, you know, they, they run it a lot and have a great offensive line. So I'm curious to see how Mizzou does against that offensive line. Uh, the way Mizzou started, actually, you know, they played Bama, then they played Tennessee, both teams with great offensive lines and they, they definitely struggled against that rush. So I'm curious to see just how Mizzou looks against Kentucky. They did great against LSU. You know, LSU only had one rushing yard at halftime that game and didn't finish with much more. But, you know, um, I'm curious to see just how they bounce. You know, they look – are they able to continue that or will they maybe take a step back, especially losing losing some key contributors? So so a couple of things we're keeping an eye on if you're a Kentucky fan is is how, you know, that Wildcats rush looks against, you know, kind of a depleted defensive front. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that'd be an interesting matchup. What about the kicking game and special teams from Missouri? How have they been so far? Uh not great, and it's really? not because of the fellish specialist. Uh, Mizzou has muffed has muffed three punts already. One wow. against Bama and two against LSU. Um, so that's obviously not great. Uh, the play, you know, the <laughs> kicking is actually the kicking is like the actual specialists have been pretty decent. Grant yeah. McKinnis, obviously a former Wildcat, yeah. uh, graduate transfer. Right, that's right. Uh, he he's yeah, I mean, he's Mizzou's uh, starting punter, so he's been fine in what he does. You know, uh, he actually had to throw a pass on a fake punt against LSU that he hasn't done since eighth grade, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, we actually spoke to him. The media spoke to Grant yesterday. He, it was kind of funny. He was like, "Yeah, you know, I I didn't really notice that we had beaten." or Mizzou, you know, four straight times when he was at Kentucky, obviously five straight overall. So um, <laughs> that, that's kind of something funny. I, I know right. Grant mentioned he talks two to three times a week uh, with Max Duffy and everything. So uh, that's, you know, kind of some a little fun thing for Kentucky fans. And right. Harrison Mevis is a, the, their kicker, and he's actually been pretty decent. Um, he's only missed one field, or field goal attempt so far, and that was a 56-yard attempt, and he's a true freshman. He's otherwise been, you know, Aside from one really long attempt, he he's been pretty solid. He's hit one from fifty. He's hit one from fifty-one. So, uh, Mizzou has definitely you know had some confidence in him. Um, and uh, I think one funny thing is Kentucky fans will notice he's a little thicker. There's a meme going around about that. So something <laughs> something fun uh, for Kentucky fans there from the Mizzou side. 
<laughs> you know, he can use that you know, power behind his leg. Use that. Ex- but, uh, <laughs> exactly. You mentioned the streak. Uh, how much play does that get at Missouri? That uh, you know they got a little losing streak here going against Kentucky. And of course, the last time Kentucky came to Columbia, kind of controversial ending there, where Kentucky <laughs> scored at the end, whether it was pass interference on the play, uh, you know, which gave him another play. Uh, what? Uh, how much talk is there both about the streak and about what happened the last time Kentucky was in Columbia? Um, well, there is talk of 2018, not in the sense that Mizzou fans want to talk about it, but I just keep bringing it up because obviously, <laughs> Do you? you know, I'm a journalist. <laughs> You're just that kind of guy, aren't you? You'll just bring, <laughs> keep bringing it up and bringing it up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's funny you mentioned that Eli Drink was actually asked his team at a team meeting uh, a few within the last past five, days, five six days. Um, how many, you know, he asked his team point blank, how many of you guys have been in Kentucky in a Mizzou jersey? No hands went up, obviously, and I believe that's the case for the entire roster. Um, so five straight, obviously, you know, they, they, the players definitely, you know, they're, they're frustrated by it. They're, I think they, they talked about it and they said they're using it as a point of motivation. But at the same time, you know, and so it, what's interesting is that Eli's, his big thing has been new zoo, which is his branding that he's trying to put on the Mizzou program and him as the you know, first year coach and everything. But, you know, he, he, he definitely not admitted, but he definitely mentioned that, hey, that is definitely something that, you know, Mizzou is keeping in mind and want to use his motivation. But at the same time, though, you know, it is kind of flipping a new page, a new coaching staff and everything. So the streak's been long. I'm, I'm sure Mizzou fans and Mizzou players are definitely hoping for it to end. But, uh, you know, every time I mention 2018, some fans get uh, kind of kind of a little bit mad. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, always, it's always kind of fun just to see how, um, you know, players and fans react to that. So we'll, we'll see if uh, they can snap it Saturday. <laughs> Okay, to snap it Saturday, you mentioned about limiting turnovers and the defensive front. Is there Are there any other keys for Missouri uh, to get a victory and snap that streak against Kentucky on Saturday? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of cliche, but I really am curious to see how Connor Baseball does. I mean, you know, he looked great, and um, but Eli Drinkwitz's big thing, it, it, it's funny because he said, don't, don't drink the Kool-Aid, even though his last name is Drinkwitz, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he said it multiple times, the football will humble you very quick. So I'm very curious to see how Connor Basel like those against the Kentucky front. And I don't think it's like a you know an attitude thing. Connor is actually relatively pretty quiet. You know, mm-hmm. his teammates basically say he doesn't talk too much. So he's not somebody. Uh, he's going to come out, come across as a guy who who will let success go to his head. But I'm just curious to see how he does against you know very talented Kentucky secondary and defense that uh you know did it, 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 I just keep you know punching it in or honing it in, in in the sense that you know they the one thing Kentucky has done great the past two games is exactly where Mizzou has struggled. So who knows? You know, you play the game, maybe you know. I'm sure the way football works, you know, Mizzou will get three turnovers. Kentucky forces more just because I keep talking about it. So right. um, I'm sure Kentucky fans won't want that to happen, but that's just, you know, I guess how the ball goes sometimes. Yeah, right. Just like whenever you expect a high-scoring game, it turns out to be a low-scoring game or vice versa. <laughs> you never know how it's going to go. Uh, that's, yeah, exactly. you know, that's for sure. You know, and it's, you know Kentucky recruited Basilak, uh out of the yeah, Dayton yeah. area, so they know you know they know a little bit about him. Uh, in fact, Mark Stoops you know talked a little bit about that on Monday. So, uh, but they ended up mm-hmm. ended up going to Missouri. Uh, I know and watching you know watching the uh, uh, the games, I thought he looked looked he looked awful good. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's going to be the key matchup. Uh, how Kentucky because Kentucky no doubt is going to try and confuse him and do some things mm-hmm. defensively, uh, you know, to kind of rattle him. And it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to that. Uh, well, Soichi, t- 
tell uh, tell the listeners how they can follow you on Twitter and, and online leading up to the game on Saturday. Yeah, website is very easy, KansasCity.com. Uh, I like how McClatchy kind of has that little uh, the website domains or whatever. And on Twitter, you can find me at Suichi Trotta. Uh, I won't spell it out for you. I'm assuming you're listening to this online or somewhere, so you can kind of look at the uh, – right. uh, uh, I'll rely on John to have the spelling there. Yeah, yeah, I'll ha- I'll have it for him. Hopefully, I sh- hopefully I will spell it correctly, so they'll find you. <laughs> well, be sure to check out of all of Soichi's work. Uh, he's going to be helping us out on Saturday because we are not making the trip to Columbia because of the co- COVID. They've cut back credentials, and we're not making the trip. And with the Zoom press conferences uh, after the games, since you don't can't go to the locker room or the interview room anymore, so uh, we'll be looking for that. Be sure and follow him leading up to the game and during the game and after the game. And as always, Suichi, thanks again for helping us out on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, Josh, how's it going today? I'm good, John. I'm you know still, uh, I guess, recovering from my first trip to, to Knoxville a little bit, I guess. You know, I don't know, it's funny. I didn't really do much down there, obviously, with all the procedures and stuff in place, but... Yeah, how, so well, I was going to ask you about that first. How was your first trip to uh, Knoxville? Was that the first time you'd been in Nayland Stadium? So it was the first time I'd been, um, yeah, inside of it. Now, it's funny, I can recall this, which is, it seems like a lifetime ago. Around 2007, 2008, um, when I was deciding, you know, kind of what I wanted to do for college and, and stuff, I've actually visited uh, Knoxville. I don't remember. We were down there for another. There was another reason we were down there, but we went to the campus while we were there, um, my family and I, and uh, went through campus there and where the athletic facilities and stuff were. And there for a bit, there was actually a time in high school, about a month, where I wore a, it was a bright orange T-shirt. Uh-oh. A big t- Uh-oh. <laughs> you're going uh, to get it on Twitter, Josh. You better watch out. Well, and it, it's just so funny to looking back to think of, because it's like I was never really I don't even know I, I, I liked Bruce Pearl is what it was I yeah. thought his I thought his team's coached really yeah, I just liked the way they played and uh, I never even watched a football game I mean I saw a stadium while I was doing it but I've never I'd never even seen a Tennessee football game at that point because I I don't know people listening I wasn't really into sports until like middle of high school it was just something I never really got into until then really? and uh, um. So yeah, it was just you know I was it was kind of like you know going back uh, somewhere that I'd been before in a way, except uh, obviously seeing a whole lot more of it, and it was uh it was cool. I mean, I, I would have loved to seen it you know with a full crowd and everything, but uh, it's so hard to go into these you know venues that have so much history and stuff, and and not really get to see what they fully right. are. full fan experience, yeah. Yeah, that I this is a this is a, I don't even know how I got this, but when I was a kid, I would say maybe around junior age, somehow I had a Tennessee football jersey, one of those old Tennessee football jerseys. I think it was like a number eighty-eight. I don't even remember how I got it. If somebody got it for me or what, which had like the white stripes on the um, sleeves, and it was. Um, had the big sleeves, and I used to wear it for a while, even though I wasn't a Tennessee fan, but I just I liked the jersey for some reason. But uh, anyway, that's so I'll probably get it on Twitter too. But uh, but yeah, ten, yeah, I mean, it's a Nayland Stadium. Of course, they've expanded over the years. It's you know so big now, and well, that press box is pretty high. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and I think you mentioned that to me last week, and I was. <laughs> Um, it was high, but it, it, it wasn't as high as you it, thought it was going to be. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, well, it's just when I'm in, like, I don't like heights, but like, it's in that kind of when I'm inside like that, it, 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 I, I guess I feel safe. <laughs> you know, I feel, I don't feel like it's as high as it is, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, dude. Like, looking down, though, you can tell. I mean, it's, you're definitely, um, because they have a little, there's like a little, I don't know what to call it, like a balcony. It's not really a balcony, but like a, there's a little part of, you know, structure there uh-huh. where if you were to, you know, like basically to save somebody if the windows were to shatter and they fell out or something like, so you can, because without that, that drop would be, a, yeah, be you know, sizable drop. Yeah. Yeah. So. Fatal drop. It would be. <laughs> well, hopefully that never happens. Uh, obviously big win for Kentucky. Uh, first win down there in forever. Uh, 1984, whatever it is. Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, that's 17 straight losses. How surprised were you? I haven't talked to you since the game. How surprised were you by the outcome? Or were you surprised? I mean, you know, I was, I mean, I wanted to really, I wanted, I went into last week wanting to pick Kentucky to win, but I didn't. Um, you picked Tennessee by one, didn't you? Yeah, I just thought, you know, you just, you just bet on history in some ways as far as, right. You know what? What reason? There have been plenty of teams last year's included that should have won games against Tennessee that they didn't win. So it's, you just right. kind of you just kind of think, well, here we go again. And and there for a bit, you know, going into halftime, it kind of looked like it might end up that way too. When Tennessee uh, kind of sees a little bit of momentum, and you lose Bohanna, and you just think, man, what a they just shut them out almost in the first half, and they're going to end up squandering all that um goodwill that they built up for and, and then they come out and i mean really just flat out looked like they were the they didn't look like they were the better team the entire second and uh you know you that really encourages you i think if, as a kentucky fan to to think you know this, this team you know they didn't put it together quite fully you know the offense was still um off kilter in the first half but but you know they put together a as close to a complete game as they have all year, um, right. it, it, and on one of the biggest, um, you know, what like the biggest game of the week, obviously, Bama Georgia, but for Kentucky, it was the biggest, you know, one of the biggest games, you biggest stages you possibly could have been on. You know, your rival that has just had its way with you at their place for for decades, and you just, I mean, you embarrass them, and you 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 get a coach fired. I mean, how often does that happen? You know, like with, with Kentucky on the other side of it. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. It, yeah. Jimmy Brumbaugh, uh, who's former UK assistant with Tennessee's defensive line coach, yeah, got fired the next day, and he'd he'd only been there since I think like February or something. Jimmy had been on the um, staff at uh, Maryland the last. Uh, uh, had been on the staff at Maryland for a couple of years, and then he was at Colorado last year with Mel Tucker, and then he, uh, Derek Angeli, who's the Tennessee defensive coordinator, also a former Mark Stoops. Uh, assistant, I'm sure Derek had a hand in bringing Jimmy to Knoxville, but that that didn't last long. If anybody got scapegoated out of that loss, it, unfortunately for Jimmy, it was him. Yeah, he was a definition of a scapegoat, except you know, in the, especially in the sense that it, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I don't know that the defensive line played you know great for Tennessee, but but they surely weren't the first thing that I was thinking no. of. You know, <laughs> when it came. to the issues that they showed on Saturday. It was just a, uh, and I feel bad. I've never met Jimmy, but I, I do, uh, I covered his son right. when he was at Catholic and he was a really nice kid. 
Um, so, I, you know, hopefully, I'm sure he'll land on his feet. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll, um, you know, get some other opportunities so you don't worry about that too much. But it does, I mean, it's kind of suck to, especially yeah. in this particular uh, moment in time with all the virus stuff happening, it, it's right. got to be, you know, that's the other thing. It's like, I mean, that con, his contract was, you know, I assume he's getting the full what he agreed to for the year because yeah. it was, you know, not right. for cause or anything. It's like, it's almost $700,000 they just right. ate. Right. It's like, right. like you must not be too hard up, Tennessee. No, no, it must not be. Okay, yeah, yeah. If I was, if, yeah, obviously that side of the ball wasn't great for Tennessee, but they're, I'd be, if I was their quarterbacks coach, I'd feel like I was a little more trouble. Kentucky, after not forcing a turnover in the first two games, gets six interceptions against Mississippi State. Turn right around and get three against Tennessee. The first two, they returned for touchdowns, two pick six uh, right in a row there in the second quarter. How do we explain this, Josh? How do you go from a team that can't force anybody to turn the ball over, and then all of a sudden they come in, you know, big bunches? I mean, you do. You, in some ways, it's, you know, I, 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 I'm still kind of a person that always turnovers are somewhat, you know. I mean, you put yourself in position to take advantage of things, but there's some still some luck involved, especially with, like, fumbles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in Kentucky, I think they forced the fumble last week. You know, it's, sometimes it's just a matter of how hard a guy is holding the ball. But we've seen that on a couple of these interceptions, too, where you know, I remember uh, I think it was Boogie's in the end zone, uh, Mississippi State or near the end zone. I mean, sometimes they're just ripping balls out of God's hands and you right. can't really, right. you know, and, or jumping routes. Like, and some of that's just, you know, you're, you're, you're calculating risk in some way because, you know, that, on that interception that, that Kelvin had, I haven't went back and watched the watched yet the the that play. Uh-huh. But my guess is, if he doesn't jump that route, the receiver probably gets the ball and he gets the first down. Right. So it, it, it's it's some of that's just your 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 guys are are kind of focusing in um, and 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 taking risks when they should instead of just you know you know like those first couple of weeks again going back to Kelvin you you you're looking at a guy that that you kind of maybe doing too much or, or putting himself in spots where he you know was going to get taken advantage of because of his, his you know aggressiveness. And, and so you, you just think it seems like, I mean, I think, I mean, the, the further we go along with this and we'll know even better after this week, it, it does seem like those first two games really, if they'd been games against lesser conference opponents, you'd be looking at a really impressive, um, record, I think, with Kentucky, because again, I think I've said this before, that they've had a few, um, you know, you can survive those mistakes when it's against the Eastern Michigans of the world, but but when you do that kind of stuff against Auburn, it uh, it comes back to bite you, unfortunately, in the record. Yeah. No, I think, you know, and I, we asked, you know, one of the players said, I guess it was last week, about that Brad White, the defensive coordinator, had told him that, you know, a lot of times if you get that first turnover, then they start, you know, they kind of snowball, and we asked Mark about that on Monday, and Mark said exactly what you said. A lot of times, it's you know luck involved, especially with fumbles. But I do think, I do think, from a confidence factor, once you see guys, I'm sure you know, especially on the back end, 
you know, if you make a mistake on the back end, it's going to be a, it's probably going to be a touchdown. If you go for like you mentioned, if you go for the interception, you don't get it. The guy's going to get a first down or, or more than that, he's going to end up with a touchdown. I remember Steve Brown, the old uh, was a defensive court. He was a, a defensive coordinator under Joker Phillips and was a defensive back coach under Rich Brooks. He said one time, you know, if you bet, because we asked him about blitzing, he said some of those plays, if you make a play, you know, when you that sound great to do it, but a lot of times when you do it, there's going to be a a band's going to be playing afterwards and it might not be your band it might be the other band playing after the other team scored a touchdown but i think once you, you see a guy take a chance or once you see a guy not even take a chance but even make a play and make an interception uh, i think that's probably i think it is contagious from the standpoint that other guys back there think you know well, i can do that or i can you know i, I want an interception or somebody like a kelvin joseph who made an interception in the mississippi state game and i'm sure that gave him because he gotten off to a little bit of a rough start Mm-hmm. You know, gave him some confidence, and he—I mean—that play that he made, you got to be a confident guy to be able to jump that route and make that interception. And, and talking to Kelvin, I'm pretty sure Kelvin is a confident guy. But uh, but certainly, I mean, their defense last two games have given up just seven points. They've got nine interceptions, ten turnovers, and given up just seven points. I mean, they're just playing lights out right now. Yeah, and that's—I mean—to me, I mean, as what I, you know, my favorite version of football is is i'm not one of these people that wants to see a million points put up on the board by either team and and i like this is like my favorite type of football to watch in some ways is what kentucky's doing is just just controlling it with their defense and 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 letting them lead the way and and you know basically if you had lynn bowden back there it'd be a lot you know it'd be almost like the perfect way version of what this what, what i think stoops would like to see um you know this just suffocating defense and and uh, you know a guy that can run for you know, an offense that can generate 500 yards of rushing offense. Um, it's a uh, you know and you 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 know you do wonder if they can get it all together offensively if the defense has really turned a, a corner here. Um, what they could be capable. Of. I mean I don't think anybody's picking them to to win the SEC. I still wouldn't, but but I do think if you can. You know, contain Missouri because that's kind of the the next thing is they you know they've got a, a, another offensive wizard right. on deck that uh, you know that that in their you know they they have mixed results so far when it comes to seeing those kind of guys those new head coaches with with new offenses. But if you get past Missouri, then you're in a position where Georgia is. Um, if you if you can manage to get by them for the first time under Stoops, that that you suddenly you're. You're sort of in a lane there where you can get to Atlanta. So. Now, wait, no, wait a minute, Josh. You're doing what you told me before we start recording that I guess online or whatever, and people fan talk about this possibly being a trap game. You're already looking ahead to Georgia. Uh, is this a trap game? Can Kentucky football have a trap game? And and also, as you mentioned, I mean uh, Missouri. They put up, of course, LSU's defense has been terrible, but still Missouri put up 45 points on them. Eli Drinkwitz, their head coach, first year head coach, he's an offensive guy, creative guy, came from Appalachian State, has a really good offensive background. Uh, I mean, this this is a, uh, and they have to go on the road. Missouri's had two weeks to prepare with the flip and schedule. I mean, is this is not a, this is not going to be an easy game? Uh, uh, well, I mean, is this a trap game? I mean, I guess, yeah, like you said, can Kentucky really have a trap game? Because I think, you know, I think trap game is sort of reserved for, um, you know, should be reserved for, for teams that, 
traditionally kind of have like your Georgias and your Alabamas. I, I think that, that, you know, I don't know that Kentucky, I mean, I guess technically you look, if they were looking ahead to Georgia, it is a trap game because that's Georgia's a bigger opponent. But I don't know. I think they're going to take them pretty seriously because I think they know that they have to. I think they, you know, and that, that means one thing coming from like an Alabama, but it does mean another thing coming from Kentucky because the difference between, you know, basically, the di- I mean, you beat Missouri and you're in really good position to finish 500, right. you know, if, if you take care of business or on the schedule where you should. Um, and, and, and it's really, I mean, you, you, it's a game, you know, talk about a game of inches. It's a, a schedule of inches. You really don't have a lot of leeway. Uh, and Mizzou is one of those games you should win. Uh, they're obviously talented team. They, they, you know, and you talking about the confidence of the defense on Kentucky side. I think you know what they were able to do against LSU. Yeah, their their defense is pitiful, but they still had to take advantage of it. And 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 really, I mean, the offense was um, obviously the the biggest thing that strikes out to you when you're looking at what Mizzou did against the LSU. But I was really at the end of that game. I catched the. Um, I didn't catch that game for like the last six minutes. And that stand they made goal yeah, line right, the end of the game. was incredible. Like that was you know, that's the kind of thing that you that might be the thing you worry about the most if you're Kentucky is because um, their red zone offense up to you know, is has not been that great up until the Tennessee game. Um and even for parts, you know, the again in the first half there. Um so that's the thing you really worry about. If they can, you know, lock down like that. Uh, around the goal line, um, it could be, you know, you could be looking at a 17-10 game or something, you know, something kind of, you know, kind of a lot of uh, very point scored if if you're both able to do defensively what you're capable of. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, Yeah, that's right. No, it's going to be, it's still be an interesting matchup. And, of course, Kentucky, this is a different situation than Tennessee. Kentucky's got a little streak against Missouri uh, where they've beaten them, what, five, six times in a row. I think they were 5-0 and against Barry Odom. Um, so they do have a streak, but, uh, you know, we've asked the player, somebody asked the players about that. They said, you know, it's as meaningless as the other streak. So we'll see. So what, so Josh, what are the keys for Kentucky on set on Saturday? Yeah, I think, uh, honing in on their quarterback, uh, Connor, uh, his last name is Zezlak. Yeah, Bezlak. Yeah, he, Kentucky recruited him. Uh, which Mark's right. story reminded me uh, when we did our podcast uh, after the Tennessee game. Kid out of Dayton that Kentucky recruited, so they know a little bit about him. And uh, yeah, he's played. He's he's since they put him in the Tennessee game when they lost to Tennessee, and he played played well in that game, and obviously played well against uh, LSU. Yeah, I think, and him being a you know he's a freshman, I think you 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 want to you know, just make life hard on him. And I mean, you want to do that for any quarterback every week, but, but especially for a guy that, um, you know, he's at home. So it'll be comfortable in that sense, but this will be, I mean, this will definitely be the best defense he's seen to this point. Um, so, and, and you, you gotta, you know, you gotta use your front line to your advantage. I think that the defensive line is again going to be very important. Um, especially with, you know, Quentin sideline. We didn't really talk about that. This, right. you know, they lost their, you know, a big guy up front who, you know, basically, you know, at least gone for this week, probably a few weeks. Um, you, you, right. and you like what, you like what Mark Juan McCall, you know, on paper can do for you, but he's never had to go a whole game and, and be the, the guy that starts things off, you know, from the point of attack there on defense. So, 
um, you hope you can get. I think he'll be big. I mean, I think you're going to have to get a, a really nice game from him to to see what he can do, and then just get you know continue, um, you know, just continue making plays defensively. And it doesn't have to be interceptions. It can be, right. um, you know, it can be you know TFLs and and just or breakups. I mean, that was a you know a thing that I think you you um, you know obviously interceptions stand out, but. I'm sure there's tons of that other stuff happening that we're not really even really zeroing in on just because of how, you know, again, how confident they've got to be over the last couple of weeks. Right, right. No, no. Yeah, it'll be an interesting matchup against Baselack. And like uh, Mark Stoop said on Monday, uh, Drinkwitz does a lot of creative things on offense. Uh, and how Kentucky, uh, you know, reacts to that. One of the things, you know, I did a podcast with uh, Seth Galino, who's a – a, uh, a senior analyst for Pro Football Focus, and we were talking about the Kentucky defense on that, and he said one of the things that he's been impressed with looking at the tape of Kentucky is that they've been able to confuse quarterbacks and that they give a base look or give one look, and then once the play starts, it's obvious, uh, he said, you know, that they can uh, move into another look and confuse, confuse, and I think that's where we've seen some of these interceptions come from and with a, a relatively inexperienced quarterback like Basilak, I'm sure that's going to be started some of the same game plan with him oh yeah no yeah that's a that's a good observation and I think you know yeah if that's the if they're able to do that at Missouri it could be another I mean it could be a long day you could see another big you know interception number um, in a case like that because the guys you know especially you know, again, I guess it'll be in some ways it'll be a, 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 a battle of who's showing. You know, if, who can who can outshow the the showman? Because uh, uh, I mean, I, obviously, offensively, Missouri's going to be doing a ton of that kind of stuff too. And I think you know, we, we the quarterback and obviously the passing stuff is important, but they can run the ball too. They're not yeah. like they're not one dimensional, so that's going to be that right. might be again. I think where the D line and and the linebackers behind them really really come into you needing to be important. This this game is. You know, just you know, if you can take away one part of the offense, I think it'll be huge. Like yeah. if you can, you know, if you can lock down the running backs, then you 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 can kind of focus in on what you want to do with Connor as uh, like and and do uh you know do that. Or you know, if you can take him away, then obviously the the running backs are going to have a, a lot harder time uh, right. getting anywhere. Right. Uh, before we wrap this up, I know you do a mailbag every week. Uh, I have to ask you, what's the from the feedback you're getting and so forth? What's the Terry Wilson index this week? Are the fans uh, are we are the fans up on Terry Wilson? Or are they down? I've gotten a couple of emails from people even they're still down on Terry Wilson, even though I thought he played well at Tennessee. Well, what are you hearing from your mailbag folks? Yeah, I hadn't. Uh, there was there was zero. The only mention of Terry Wilson was uh, someone who asked about the. Um, there's a waiver, like the eligibility waiver, uh-huh. and, and you know if there were any seniors or, or, or right. that might take advantage of that. And he mentioned that he knew Terry wasn't because he, he you know, he'd already kind of said that he wasn't going to do that earlier this in, before the season started. Um, but yeah, no, I mean I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that people are excited. I, I did actually. I guess I did see one comment about uh, it wasn't so much a question, but a comment about. Um, you know the downfield game is just really is holding Kentucky back. <laughs> you know, so you know they. I think I guess they. You know, I guess they think. You know, it, it, yeah, may okay. I, I, there might be guys behind him that can make that throw better. I, I'm not going to. You know, I think you know Bo Alex could probably make that downfield throw better than Terry Wilson. But uh, can Bo Allen do all the other stuff? Right. I don't. You know, yeah, right. Terry gives 
or you know, or <laughs> can the receivers get open? You know, I think that's very good a, question. You know, everybody, uh, everybody that on the quarterback, there's there's three right. or four out there that have to do their job too, and sometimes, uh, you know, guess what? The SEC, there's a lot of good cornerbacks. You know, <laughs> that's right. Well, as Mark said early on, we're not going to SEC. You're not going to see uh, green grass out there with a lot of space between receivers and and defensive backs. It just doesn't happen much uh, in the SEC. Uh, well, well, it'll be an interesting game Saturday at Missouri. Uh, anything else you got? Uh, I know you the mailbag and anything else you uh, and you got your predictions coming up. Uh, anything else people should look for and and how can they follow you on Twitter, Josh? Yeah, I'm at Josh Moore HL. Same, same handle. Same, uh, you know, doom scrolling as always. Uh, we'll. Uh, <laughs> um, I actually have something else I'm working on. I gotta ho- hopefully things go well today. Um, as far as who we get to talk to, um, I'm trying. I'm putting together something on the secondary actually, and, and Kelvin okay. Joseph kind of getting into that, and um, you know, just because again, you know, again, they've not been necessarily responsible for a lot of the interceptions, but you know, they're. The group that you know is is you know, um, I think look, I mean, playing like the group that we thought they were going to be yeah. after uh, you know two um, obviously you know, poor showings there to start the season. Yeah, no, no, they've really they've really come on. Uh, come on, we'll look for that and uh, look for all of our coverage uh, leading up to the game on Saturday, Missouri, and uh, and during the game and after the game. And as always, Josh, thanks again for being on the podcast. Anytime, John. It's always a fun time, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll have everything we can for you. For I guess I don't think any. I think we're all staying home. I think yeah, we are. We, we are staying home. We're nobody's uh, nobody's headed to Columbia this year. We're going to get some help from the Kansas City Star. They get people at the Kansas mm-hmm. City Star uh, uh, who cover Missouri. We're going to get some help from them, but uh, we'll be uh, we'll be all covering it from here. So yeah, and it's good to be. Uh, you know, I had that first week when we did that with Auburn, it was. Uh, it was different, but you know, it was we we got through it and yeah. figured it out. And you guys, I know you and you know you and uh, Mark had to you know do that last week with yeah. Knoxville. Mark and Ben, yeah, the three of us, yeah. Well, I'm getting used to it now. I got my little table set up in my den, and I got the whole thing set up there. I don't get the I don't get the free meal though, like you know, we get at the <laughs> press box there at Kroger Field or when you go on the road. I missed that part of hey. it. There wasn't, uh, as far as I know, there wasn't. A, there was a there was a meal mentioned in the uh, in the in the pre press materials, but I never never saw the meal. I never saw one. Which I, mean, I don't really ever. Well, I don't really care about yep. that stuff. But yeah, they come back with COVID. I know, like at the UK, we're getting box like a box lunch instead of the regular uh, buffet. So, uh, but they, you know, this always sounds great for the listeners when we're complaining about our free food. So maybe we better wrap that up, <laughs> wrap that up. Okay, Josh. Uh, thanks again for being on the podcast and uh, we'll be talking to you again next week. Absolutely. Thank you, John. Okay. My thanks to Sawichi Tirada of the Kansas city star and Josh Moore of the Herald leader. Be sure and check them out. You can check out Sawichi on kansascity.com. You can take, Check out Josh at Kentucky.com. We'll have plenty of coverage on both ends leading up to the game on Saturday. Uh, we'll have uh, 
the live blog will be going Saturday with a dedicated Twitter feed. Be sure and check that out. Uh, we have plenty of other coverage. Mark Story writes a halftime analysis. He'll write uh, after the game five things to know from the game. I'll have my three takeaways. Josh will be tweeting and writing during the game. He'll have his game story. He'll also have some breaking news. Whatever happens to the game Saturday, be sure and check all of that out. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. You can find us at all those places. Leave us a rating and review in those places. That really helps, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you get your podcasts there, leave us a rating and a review. That really helps get the word out about these podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV or send me an email, jclay at herald leader. Dot com uh, With any feedback, questions, uh, anything about the podcast, a question you want us to answer on the podcast, we'll be glad to glad to do that. Just let us know. So, again, my thanks to Suichi, my thanks to Josh, and my thanks to you guys for listening to these podcasts. We'll be talking to you again soon.